we were not expecting that line, the one who showed him mercy. We were expecting the line, the one who showed him pity. The one who showed him mercy, it's an odd line in the story of the Good Samaritan. Yet it does make sense when we understand the status of Samaritans in first century Israel. From its early beginnings in the Holy Land, the Israelites were told that all of their neighbors to the north, east, and south were enemies. So they had no geographical neighbors. Samaritans were treated as enemies of God's people. If a Samaritan happened to be in the Holy Land, he or she was subject to abuse, imprisonment, ridicule, and even at times death. The Samaritans who lived in Israel were an oppressed people, having no rights, no standing. They could not own property. They were treated as unclean, no better than lepers. So when the lawyer says that a neighbor is like the one who showed mercy, we are thrown into a cauldron of confusion. The Samaritan, the oppressed, mistreated, foreigner, unclean person, does something that is diametrically opposed to his beliefs, his teachings, and his experience. He had a choice. He could act as one who was seeking repayment for all of the indignities suffered by his people. That is, he could have taken justice into his own hands. He chose instead to act with mercy. The Samaritan gives to the wounded person the gift of something that is undeserved. It's a gift that goes beyond justice. He shows mercy. Mercy suggests unmerited kindness. When a judge in a criminal case shows mercy, the judge is going beyond the facts of the case, beyond custom or judicial norms, even beyond what justice requires. It's not simply kindness on the part of the judge. It is kindness in the face of the opportunity to do otherwise. Mercy is not less than justice done. It is more than what justice requires. The Samaritan acted in the face of universal expectations and against his own particular expectations and his own particular history and interest. He acted contrary to justice and showed mercy. He showed mercy when he could have exacted justice. He is not grudging in his hospitality. He in fact leaves a blank check with the innkeeper and act as generous and foolish then as it is now. He does not ask for credit or thank you, but simply goes on his way. Jesus holds up this Samaritan as the one who is living beyond what the law requires. 
that this unclean person has a clue to what righteousness and eternal life are all about. Now all of that should give everyone a nice, warm, fuzzy glow. Is it any wonder we call the Samaritan the good Samaritan? Let's remember that Jesus told this story in reply to two questions put to him by a lawyer. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And who is my neighbor? Lawyers like to ask questions. And according to Perry Mason, John Grisham, and Judge Judy, you should only ask a question if you already know the answer. So the lawyer knows what he has to do. He knows who are and who are not his neighbors. And Amorites, Canaanites, Jebusites, Samaritans, Egyptians are not, never will be, neighbor. He has a rather narrow and parochial definition of neighbor. Neighbor is a fellow Jew that he knows. So Jesus forces the lawyer to expand his horizons. And the model that he has given for mercy is that of an outcast, one of the wretched people of the earth and despised by the Jews. And here's the twist we were not expecting. Jesus does not ask the lawyer to love the Samaritan for what he did. Rather, he tells him to do what the Samaritan did. It is the stranger who is commended to us, the foreigner who has no claim or kinship or other obligation upon us, to whom we open our hearts, not simply because it's expected in the way of minimal civil hospitality, but because in the new law that Jesus offers, the expected is not enough. Simple justice will not do. The old definitions of neighbor will not work, even as the old definitions of justice and hospitality will not work. It is a radical new day that Jesus proclaims freedom from the bondage of our own narrow limits and definitions. one who fell among thieves and the stranger, a Samaritan, give us a glimpse into the nature of the kingdom of God. For the result of mercy and hospitality is that host and stranger are one, that unity overcomes the differences even though they still may exist. In the exchange of food and drink, of place and time, the giver and the gifted are united and become as one with each other and with God, who is the source of every good and perfect gift. The neighbor is that person with whom we share not simply the cup of water and the crust of bread, 
but the adventure of life itself, given by God and lived to God's glory. And when we discover that, we will discover not only who our neighbor is, but who and whose we are as well. A short time from now, you're going to be going home. You're going to be driving down the road. And you're going to see alongside the road the bully from your high school sitting on the curb, bleeding because of an accident. And you have two choices. You can act with justice and give him what he deserves. Or you can act like a good Samaritan and give him mercy. It's your choice. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.